Hey, welcome to another Simply Kiosha Living in Purpose broadcast. I am Kiosha, and I thank you so much for joining me this evening. Y'all, I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> I'm going to be straight up honest and for real. We had all kinds, I had all kinds of technical difficulties getting on here this evening, but guess what? I'm here and I am ready to talk to y'all about all things self-care this evening. I am joined by a special guest, um, Nakia Lowry, who is the dope therapist. So y'all, we are going to go ahead and get into it. Thank y'all so much. And again, we are joined by my friend, Nakia Lowry. Hey, Nakia. Hey. How Good are evening. you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for joining me this evening as we talk to some single moms from all over about what self-care is, what it looks like, how can we actually obtain it with all of the things that we actually have going on in our day-to-day -day lives and everything. And yeah, this is this is just going to be an open conversation about that. Um, Nikia, can you talk a little bit and tell the people who you are, what all behind the dope therapist and everything? Well, I mean, I'm I'm also a single mommy. Um, I am a licensed professional counselor, um, licensed in what Georgia, Pennsylvania, and I'm uh, I have permission to practice in Florida. So I, I have to be clear about that. I'm not actually um, licensed in Florida, but I can see clients in Florida in Florida per. Uh, uh, some of the uh, acts that have been put into place since the pandemic. And so that allows for me to now practice in Florida. I also, I have a private practice, Optimum Purpose Counseling and Education LLC, I'm fully virtual. I have a, um, uh, a clothing brand, so to speak. Well, actually I'm expanding. That's why I was hesitant to call it a clothing brand. I've, I've been, um, uh, selling t-shirts, but I have now expanded. Um, I am now, uh, launching my candle line, my essential oils, sage, all things aromatherapy. So just stay tuned for that. And, uh, next in line is going to be my skincare uh, product. So I'm just excited about being that single mom, uh, you know, entrepreneur doing what I have to do to build that legacy. You know, all the things that you were mentioning that's a part of the Melanin TX brand, mm -hmm. the aromatherapy and everything, I feel like those are the products that we need in order to get into some type of self-care um, mode. You know what I'm saying? Like, we uh, we need to figure out the things that will help us relax and, and just be free of being anybody's employee chauffeur, whatever else, whatever the hats that we wear throughout the day and just zen out. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad you said that because one of the things I want to make clear to um, the audience is that 
uh, self-care is not an event. And um, especially want to speak to single moms about that because, you know, just carving out a little bit of time each day, I think that we need to get in the habit of making self-care a lifestyle. Um, and so that, that, and it doesn't just, and, and the reason why I say get away from think about it, thinking about it as an event is because then we get stuck in doing things like getting our nails done and things like that. But really for me, what I want to promote is that self-care is really about um, maintaining a, a sense of peace, a sense of balance and whatever that involves in order for you to get to that point would be what I would consider your self-care. Self-care is synonymous to me with self-preservation. Okay. So when I think of self-care, I'm thinking about a boundary setting, you know, eliminating those things from your life that don't belong, you know, (laughs) to, you know, any, anything that's kind of um, not, not placing you in a place where you have that positive, that peace, um, Anything that's going to hinder that, that growth for you. So uh, for me, self-care is a lifestyle because it, it's more than just a bath. Self-care is a lifestyle. And it's it's funny that you dove right into that because I am the type of mama that's go, 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 go. I have mm-hmm. this to do. I have that to do. I can't turn off on this because then this will fall off. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm constantly in go, do, be mode. Okay, so two o'clock in the morning, I'm up and I'm like, dang, I ain't even ate nothing yet today. You know what I'm saying? So it's like even that basic level of self-care doesn't even isn't even at the forefront of my mind sometimes because I'm constantly just focused on all the things that I have to do and get done. So you're saying self-care needs to be a lifestyle. Self-care needs to be a part of your everyday living. so why is it, why is that important for single moms to prioritize their self-care? Well, because you can't pour from an empty cup. Can't so you just said, uh, you gave a good example, like why you then went through your whole day. And right. Didn't eat. <laughs> right. And it's funny because right before we got on this broadcast, I, I was shoving food down my mouth. So I'm, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm kettle black right now. But I, yes, you have to eat. <laughs> nibbling even today i've been nibbling all day and i'm probably going to scarf down this caribbean Mm -hmm. food that i have waiting on me like when it's yeah yeah like even that feeding yourself mamas throughout the day and everything that you do is a part of self-care like how are you you like literally running on fumes at that point you going through and you're doing everything else you're not feeding yourself you're running on fumes and for me, I feel like it's important. And I am a person that takes self-care in doses, okay? Um, I feel like I have to say, okay, this is my cutoff time, and I'm going to go run me a bath. Or I'm putting my phone on do not disturb or whatever from this time to this time, and then this is my moment of me time. And I feel like because in all the things that I do throughout the day or whatever, if I'm not intentional about carving out that time, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So, um, so yeah, I, I do, I'm, I'm intentional about it and it's not nearly enough. If we're talking about making it a lifestyle thing, I don't make it a priority nearly enough. 
like that running a bath thing and stuff. My mind doesn't turn off to say, Kiosha, relax. It's okay. Like, just relax. You can just be. Because I'm like, but if I'm sitting here in this tub for an hour, I'm thinking about all the other things I could be doing. I'm thinking about maybe even the sleep I could be catching up on. Like, even <laughs> just taking that time for myself is just not even a, a priority. It's not a, it's not a thing for me. And I can't get my mind to shut off from um from all of the stuff. Okay. So Nikia, you and I both are single moms. We're entrepreneurs, running businesses, building brands, um, have full-time careers in this as well, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and we have you have two children at home. I have two children at home. Like, it's so many hats that we wear under just being a single mom. So it's like, okay, how do I cut it off? How do I cut it off and say, this is my time? And I feel like this is where taking care of our mental health comes in as well. Mm -hmm. So we talk about self-care and people can frame that around oh, having your me time, your quiet time or whatever. But tell me exactly what part does mental health play in self-care? Well, remember when I said about the boundary setting, it's, it's knowing when to say no. You know, Latasha has no. my saying. <laughs> yeah, it's knowing no, when to say no, no is a complete sentence. sentence. Yeah. No, period. Yep. No explanation. No, no comma. <laughs> Listen. No, that's my favorite. I listen, I hit her up every once in a while just to be like, thank you for that. Like, mm -hmm. that's that's a good one. I love it. <laughs> but we don't. <sighs> I'm talking about me some more. I have an issue with setting boundaries. I know that. Um, as a matter of fact, one of my best friends just had to get on me. Um, Yesterday, Kiosha sets a cutoff time, and it's no from that time on. Yeah, because that's time for you. That's time you need to rest. I've had a client say to me, "Okay, Kiosha, I appreciate the work that you're putting into helping me build my brand and do all of this stuff." But girl, when do you sleep? You know what I'm saying? So it's like everybody else can see Kiosha needs to <laughs> put these boundaries in place. But Kiosha don't see it. And I know I'm not the only one because I have a lot of friends. Of course not. Goers and doers just like me. But why why do we have such issue with setting those boundaries in our lives? Why is that why is that hard? Well, I mean that's that's a complicated uh kind of a question, <laughs> you know. Uh, I will say that, you know, just from, and I can, you know, from my experience, you know, I've, of course, I've grew up around a lot of single mothers, um, you know, usually it's pretty generational too. I mean, I, I was raised by a single mom. I'm a, you know, I'm a single mother. Um, so I, I can, you know, I walk it and I, I can walk it and I talk it, right? So to speak. So survival mode, that's where I was going with that, survival mode. We get stuck in survival mode. And so we, feel like we have to do all the time and you don't you don't if it doesn't get done today it'll be there tomorrow like you, me i don't <laughs> you, 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 you are only one person you cannot do it all 
Some right. of it you have to be uncomfortable. You have to get comfortable with some of the lack because you're human. Like you can't do it all. And so sometimes you're going to fall short because you're human and you can't do it all. So you have to be able to accept that you're not superwoman. You know, you're not, you're not a bionic woman. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you're not a machine. Right. So functioning in survival mode is part of the problem of why so often we are not able to mm. commit to making self-care a lifestyle okay. because you know, it, I mean, it's, there's so many different, it's so many layers to it as a single mom. Nikia, you are, I feel like talking to you as a friend, talking to you as a therapist are two different things. Cause it's like, I know you're going to be 100 in whatever space we're in. Right. right. But it's like, you, you said, we're stuck in survival mode. So many of us don't even realize, we don't even identify that because our lives are, I got to do this. And we don't ever figure out the why to right. what we're doing. And, and you hit it straight on the head. It's because we're instinctively in survival mode. And if it's not me getting it done, it's not going to get done. If it's not me figuring it out, it's not going to get done. Um, I don't think we realize how detrimental that is to our mental health and then the spaces that we don't allow for us to take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Where, so for that mom who comes to you and says, Nikia, I'm trying to figure out balance in my life. I'm trying to figure out how I can Ronnie said, even on vacation, I have to learn to vacate. You said that's boundaries. <laughs> and that's really real. I yeah. went on vacation a couple of weeks ago myself, and I had my laptop with me at the pool, and I'm watching my kids in the water. And I'm like, well, why am I not in the moment? Why am I not in the moment? Because I feel like this deadline. Even, and what's crazy is I set the boundary and told people, I'm going on vacation. Don't bother me. But still... Was working. <laughs> Still working. Like, what? And my clients respected that. You know what I'm saying? And when I hit up one of my clients, I was like, hey, so this, 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 that, and the third. And they were like, girl, what? why? You're on vacation. You needed this vacation. Why are you hitting me up? So it's one thing about creating the boundaries. But what about when you don't even stick to your own boundaries and keep stumbling over it? Like, how do you, okay, then set the boundaries, but then implement them and actually stick with it. What, what, what plays a part in that? I think that sometimes, you know, well, we, it's habits. Some of it is habits. Like, like I said, we get stuck in survival mode and we don't know how to get out of it. Like we're, it's comfortable. So, you know, because at least we know there's some, I always say this, there's comfort and dysfunction. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, so, you know, it's, it's, we're used to it. So, I mean, I know I functioned for many years on autopilot. So, you know, and, and as much as it is it's a stressor, I mean, I know it's going to get done. Like, I know, I know. Yeah, I know. I'm, I know I got because the, the joke for mo for people who know me, the joke is I always got 10 jobs. OK, so, you know, but at some point you have to like step back and say, is it really worth it? Like, where is my time? 
you know, so I think that part of part of what you have to do, and, and this is something that I had to learn when it when it comes to behavior. First of all, when it comes to changing behaviors, I'm gonna get real ther- therapy right now. When it comes to changing behaviors, oftentimes you have to have some replacement for that behavior. So when it comes to something like that, if you don't necessarily have a placement, at least get somebody who can help hold you accountable. So if it means before you go on that vacation, Kiosha, you go drop that laptop off to whoever that person is going to be for you so that you don't take it with you. Right. You're not tempted to use it. (laughs) You know, it's that I mean, it's that serious, like seriously. No, it is like that. I have just this week had to set an alarm on my phone that says shut down. Yes, don't do that. Like literally, yeah, tell yourself. Like literally, I have a blaring alarm. I went old school with it too. I have a blaring alarm. I have it set on every device that I have around me to Mm -hmm. blare, shut down. Now, this week I have, like, it's been like a, okay, it's time to start winding down. And then it's like, okay, 12, 1 o'clock. Okay, I'm in bed early. It's not 2 o'clock and I'm going to bed. So, hey, it's some improvement. <laughs> you know, but I am slowly working to say, okay, I need rest. I can't function for nobody. Mm-hmm. You said that you can't pour from an empty cup. Like, there are days where I'm like functioning on four hours of sleep and I'm like, I don't even know how. But then when I look at it, I have 32 tabs open on my Google Chrome and I have untyped email, like unfinished emails and drafts and stuff. And I'm looking at the things that I haven't completed. I know that that scattered brainness comes from me not getting any rest, me not taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back to even the beginning of the conversation with the self-care being a lifestyle. You said it's not just running a bath. It's not just going to get your nails done. What are other aspects of self-care that you feel like single moms ignore because it's not a part of our everyday life? Well, like I said, the first one is saying no one wouldn't say no. <laughs> we got that. No, 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 no. But um, <laughs> children, sometimes, like, no, you know, no. Um, and I think it like even the the you're you're likely probably I mean typically the strong women you know a lot of times the family members come to you and they want your help and you're the go to and like you gotta know when to say no. That's number one. That's number one. Boundary. Number Period. number two is like you have to be intentional about getting out of this survival mode. You are not a machine. You're not meant to be on this in on this earth. I'm start preaching. You're not on this earth just to be like you are. You're not on. First of all, we're not. We get stuck in the mommy role, period. And you're more than just a mom. So as the woman speaking to what you need as the woman, what are your needs? Figuring that out and making sure that you cater to that on a daily basis. You know, that's part of it as well. You know, um, I remember being a young mom when my kids were younger and I used to I used to be a helicopter mom I didn't want to let my kids go like it was one thing for them to go like maybe daycare or you know something like that but to let them go for like an overnight thing or let them go with their dads even like it was like 
mm, no, let's work on it. Let's wait. Let's see. Like, I would have so many excuses for why my babies couldn't leave from my, my presence. Oh, I was like, working nine, <laughs> 10 hour days yeah. and needed a break, but didn't know how to give myself a break. Mm. These jokers is 12 and 13 now. And then I'm like, why are y'all in my face? <laughs> like, go away. <laughs> Please go away. Like, now I'm like, don't y'all want to go somewhere? Don't, don't y'all have some friends house y'all can go to for a while? We can set up, y'all can go do sleepovers and now, like, I value that quiet, that peace and quiet where I am not mama and that can turn off. Yeah. I, I value that time, that space. And I was talking to a friend of mine just the other day and that is something even now that she still struggles with. And I say, girl, do you know that before you are these kids moms, before you are this employee, before you are this business owner, you are who you are at your core first. So mm -hmm. how, why don't you think you deserve that time to yourself? So let them kids go over there with their daddy or their grandparents or whatever. Mm -hmm. I know who he was. I know what, what feelings that you're dealing with from the relationship with him. But girl, you owe it to yourself to say, you know what? Pack yeah. y'all bags. Y'all going over there. Because mama love you. Oh, you crying. It's okay. Go. I'll be here when you get back. You owe it to yourself. And I don't care if you sit in the house and binge watch. Because folks like to watch these Hallmark movies. I can't stand them. But oh, binge watch <laughs> the same Hallmark yeah. movie over and over. If that's your thing, honey, do your thing. But let that be for your you. Your time. Yeah, your time. Yep. But, um, and we're going to get into it a little bit next month um, when we talk about co-parenting, but what about that place where the mom feels like, but these are my babies, these are my babies and don't make room for themselves. What, how, how do you identify that? I still think that's a part of survival mode. You just want to protect them. Um, you want to make sure that you feel like you're the only one that can manage everything. I mean, it. I, you really have to separate yourself from the mom role. Like you really have to be very intentional about understanding that you're more than just mom. Mm -hmm. You are more than just mom. You're like I said, you're the woman first. You. I mean, you have so many other roles and really spending time and, and, and really developing that, like, what do you, what do you desire? Like, you know, what are, what is it that makes you smile outside of your children? Cause I'm, you know, I, I'm making sure I say that because oh, my babies. no, <laughs> what helps you smile outside of them? You know, what were some of your interests before they even arrived? Um, you know, things like that, just getting back to you and understanding that you are a separate entity from those children. And it's healthy for them. It's healthy for them to develop. Like they they can exist without you. Um, I'm not saying that it's easy because as Kiosha talked about, I went through different stages. I went through the helicopter mom, then I went through where I'm like, go somewhere. But then when they get to be graduating and there you got to let them go out into the world, now you won't come back because now you got to trust that. <laughs> that were crazy. It's tough. And then now they're adults and they can make their own decisions. They don't have to listen to you, you know. So that's a whole nother ball game. Listen, I'm not ready for that. And the fact that my kids are like taller than me, I talked about this last time. They're taller mm -hmm. than me, right? So which means they're getting up there. Their voices are dropping a little bit. And I'm like, 
I know I'm preparing you. I'm I'm raising an adult, right? I'm raising a man who's going to be able to go out in this world one day, but you you still my baby. Can you slow down? Like I don't this growing up and it's happening like really fast thing. It's it's, it's, it's yes, it's before you for blink of the eye, they're gonna be seniors and heading on out the door. And then they <laughs> they got their own opinions and stuff. Because I know you started with saying I got I don't got two children at home anymore. My uh that one left. He got his he's in Pennsylvania. <laughs> so he's uh you know he's working, he's doing his thing, and he ain't and I couldn't tell him he's an adult. So that's a hard transition going, you know, going through those different transitions right. as a mom where they always depended on you, and now you gotta let them go out into the world. That's yeah, but that's part of what you have to develop them to be, you know, yeah. independent. You don't, you don't want them to be dependent on you forever. That's very so true. That even thinking about that part of you know, kind of that that role you're in is allowing them to have you to be continue to develop your own identity outside of them because at some point they're going to leave, and mm -hmm. and and then what? Right. So I feel like, okay, so boundaries, period, being intentional about escaping uh, survival mode. Survival mode, yes. And I think three, even though we didn't establish it, but we talked about it, like, is maintaining your own identity. Yes. Like, that is a crucial part in maintaining our self-care, like making this a daily thing, maintaining our own identity. It's outside of who we are for everybody else, even our children. Like you said, they're going to be gone and grown one day. And when they leave the house, we look at ourselves and be like, okay, now who am I? That's not fair to us. It's not fair to them. I was watching um, one of the Real Housewives shows, you know, because I like my Ratchet TV from time to time. Um, <laughs> and one of the ladies, she was like a, a socialite of some sort or whatever. And aren't they all though? And her so youngest child got out of the house and she was a housewife and doted on her children and stuff. Her youngest child went off to college and she struggled. And I'm talking about this is a woman like in her 50s struggled with, OK, what Whoever. do I do with myself yeah. now? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. not fair to us to get to that place and get there. And Tierney says, I know this is geared towards single mothers, but honey, I promise you, this is blessing me tonight. I can honestly say as a former single mom, I definitely carry these same behaviors from single motherhood into my marriage. That, <clears throat> that's true. That's, that's a real thing. And uh, it's something that we're going to talk about later on in the, in the show. Um, how do you transition right from single motherhood to okay now i'm letting this this man into my life who's supposed to be here to be the head of the household and all this stuff all of the hats that we had to wear as single mom we have to take them off but then trust them with somebody else that that actually scares why it's so important for you to have that identity of your own you that's exactly why because even when well I, what i was going to say before is another response would be in a single mom often is we use that role as an avoidant behavior so we get so engulfed in and in, enmeshed in, in our children it doesn't we don't then have to face the facts that we're alone 
or you know those feelings of loneliness or you know that feel that that lack of companionship or any of that like you get so enmeshed and sometimes it leads to what they call you know which is so dysfunctional is making one of your children like your your husband you know or so to speak i mean those roles were not meant for our children That's so I think that's another that's another important piece of why it's really, really important for you to have your own identity. Right. And, and with that, it'll allow you to transition better into that relationship because you'll have that time to dedicate to your femininity, maintaining that, you know, which is an important part of going into that relationship. Yeah. Because both of y'all can't be the man. <laughs> Honey, listen. If I'm a, if I, I try to be real humble, open, and transparent and honest here, I know that that has been my struggle in dating relationships. Yes, release the reins. Yeah, you have to. And of course, I can dress it up with, well, you ain't my husband yet, honey. Like, that's not fair to them if you don't know how to release those reins a little bit and let them be the man lead and all. The, that's a whole other thing. I can't. I can't speak to that. It's hard. It's hard. It's a, it's a trust thing Mm -hmm. because I have to now trust you to make decisions on behalf of me, my children, our household. And I've been the sole one doing that with the help of God. Thank you, Jesus. I've been the sole one responsible for making those decisions. I don't know how to fall back. I don't know how to do that. And uh, I jokingly say, I pray, I say, Lord, the man that you send for me is going to have to have a great deal of patience because although that is an area that I want to be able to fall back in and say, okay, I don't want to necessarily be the strong one and carry all of this. I know that it might not be as easy to release it. Um, <laughs> I, it might not be as easy to release it, even though I, I might want to, um, well, you go and I'm, I'm feeling you. I mean, it is not easy. It is not easy. But, <laughs> um, I, I, what I start to, I start to tell myself is, uh, you know, I'm not married, but I'm dating. Um, and it's been quite some time, but I, and, and I get, I get, uh, uh, what's the word? I get checked, so to speak. <laughs> you know that mirror in front of my face because I'm just like, like I will take the reins, and I'm, you know, I, you know, I'm a strong personality, so it's kind of I got to dial it back. Um, and and it's not easy. It's not easy to take. I have to sometimes even breathe through it when I'm getting feedback from the other. Because <laughs> I'm like, I've been doing this, so I don't need your input. Like that. I got this, but it's like, okay, if you want, if you want that partner, you have to be willing to be a partner. That. So, you know, you, you have to, and then ain't you tired of making all the decisions? That's what I had to think. I mean, I know it's comfortable. That's why I said there's comfort and dysfunction. I know that um, it's comfortable for me to do everything, but I'm also tired of it. Somebody write that. There's comfort in dysfunction. You get so used to it. Um, (laughs) Pastor Campbell made a reference one time. Um, You get into your car and you used to your window not going down in your car. You used to it. It's raggedy. You used to it. But when somebody else get in here and 
<laughs> and now, like, why the window ain't going down? And now you like, oh, man, let me show them how I get it down and something like that. Like it, you're used to it. I get you. You get comfortable in your dysfunction. Um. Oh my God, I can't believe you said that. That is too funny. Listen, that's a Pastor Campbell reference. That thing cracks me up when he uses that illustration. <laughs> it's so true, though, because I'm thinking now, like, I I keep saying, I'm going to go get this window fixed, but I'm like, <laughs> but you used to it. You, you, I, so uh, I moved a lot, around a lot when I grew up. When I was in high school, um, I was used to my stuff being in bags or bins going from place to place or whatever. And it's like, I wouldn't stay in a place long enough to unpack my bins. Mm -hmm. So once I got older, got into my own place, and now this is mine, I still was used to having my stuff in bins and not being organized because I I, I was that way for so long. Mm -hmm. So that being used to dysfunction and... 33 who like doing laundry that's what bins are made for bins are made for stuff to be in them until you deal with them because i'm at 33 i still don't like unpacking and stuff but oh that's a whole thing you had an aha moment just now huh i did <laughs> it was the unpacking of stuff it yeah Sound like you got some abandonment wounds too, but that's a whole, you know, we could, we could go there too. Because see, you're a therapist and you're going, <laughs> you're going to diagnose me here. <laughs> no, um, I mean, hey, we can talk about it because that's a part of my mental health that I have to take care of in order to take care of me. Um, Yeah, abandonment issues, rejection issues, all of that stuff is real and it shows up in different ways like people think oh because you felt like you were rejected before or you're abandoned before that it's going to just show up in relationships no you know? it shows up in every area of your yes your 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 entrepreneurship um i know for me you know with me it was like imposter syndrome i talk about that a lot imposter syndrome was is one over um you know trying to take on everything and do everything myself Instead of delegating, you know, I, it took a lot for me to finally hire people to help me. I was not able to do that. That was yeah. very hard. So it does. It shows up in different areas. It's not just romantic relationships. I but you will sabotage yourself <laughs> if you don't get that. Under sabotage. Can we make that number four? Get Stop self-sabotaging. Like that's another... <laughs> way you can be intentional about your self-care is to stop self-sabotaging yourself and that's in so many different arenas when you see that you need help get help when you see that this is an area of dysfunction in your life get help getting it fixed when you right. see you have issues unpacking stuff and there are therapists you got there's teletherapy it's online there's coaches there's so many other people that can help you yep. unpack stuff so, hmm. yeah, stop self sabotage. Boundaries, period. Like, I feel like that needs to be a, a shirt. Boundaries, and with like a, a, a box around it. 
we need to make that a thing. <laughs> Boundaries, period. I just um, I've been saying no, so no to be is <laughs> that's it, just no. <laughs> <laughs> no period in a box. Uh so boundaries. Um what was number two, Nakia? Three. Well, I don't I mean I'm you said um your own self-identity. Mm -hmm. Um not living survival survival mode. Survival mode, that's it. That was yeah. number two. Yeah. So now let's talk about what part do our children play in our self-care? Should they, do they, or are they excluded from mommy self-care moments? And it's I say that because- self-care, it's self. Uh, <laughs> self. Mommy guilt is a real thing for me, right? Still, my kids are 12 and 13 and mom guilt is still very real for me. If I'm going, going, going all week, and my kids get to the weekend and they're like, but mommy, can we please do something fun? Can we please do something to get out the house? And when I know I have just been zero focused all week, I feel obligated. Even though if, I might not have even put any time in for myself that week, but the fact that they want to go and we're going to go top golf, we're going to go bowling, we're going to go out to eat, we're going to do something fun you for them. You are making self-care an event. Had you practiced self-care all week, you wouldn't be having that dilemma. It's the mom guilt sometimes, though. <laughs> Why is mom guilt a thing? Like, I feel like I have to make up for the fact that they wanted to come and run and tell me a joke. And I was like, but not right now. You know what I'm saying? Or like preparing to go live tonight. My kids know that hour before, like when I'm getting ready, don't talk to me. And but after this, I'm going to be like, babies, what y'all doing? It's almost 10 o'clock and y'all supposed to be in the bed. But what y'all doing? Like, I'm going to feel the need to do that because mommy was in a different zone. So I got to make up for it. Now, that that thing, that's a whole other thing, though, because I always feel like I need to, um, what's the word? When you got to, like, make up for it. Overcompensate. That one. <laughs> Yeah, that's that mom guilt. Mom guilt is so real. Yeah. And I know I'm not the only mom, but my kids are a little bit older. I can only imagine the moms that are younger with the babies that are crawling up on them and wanting their attention, but they want to do stuff. So when it comes to self-care and mom guilt, how are we going to separate the two? Like, how? See, you keep... You see, this is what this is what happens when people show up in my, in my, in my office or in, in front of me, my screen, and I'm telling them to do stuff, and they keep on trying to find ways around it. Because it's like, but I just told you what to do. <laughs> it's like, but I get boundaries, even they get boundaries because they gotta have bedtimes and stuff, and then you know. And, and, and if you, like I said, if you make self-care Monday through Sunday, right, right, be intentional about if it's, uh, you can make it a, like a daily routine too. Like, you know, you have X amount of minutes or like an hour is dedicated to when you, when they first get home from school or something, I'm just, you know, they first get home from school, that's your time together. And then you go back to do what you need to do. You know, something like, something like that to be, manage your time. That circles back to number one. 
those those boundaries again. I get okay. It all goes back to that. It's like boundaries, and then everything is under. <laughs> and Nikia, I know. Like I feel like I'm sitting in one of your chairs right now. If I lay back right now, we could we could go ahead and just and just talk then, because <laughs> unpacking. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. We're going to have to, I'm going to have to have you back and we're going to talk about that, the emotional stuff. Um, one of the areas that I wanted to touch on for co-parenting, um, when we haven't unpacked or dealt with the issues from the broken relationship uh, with the significant other and how that yeah. plays a part in co-parenting. I mean, I like I. The reality is, it it it, it does, but it shouldn't. It should. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And oh. and but you know that's your stuff. You have to. Well, I mean, relationships are like a um. People don't give themselves the opportunity to grieve. And grief is not just about a death, losing somebody to death. I mean, we can grieve so many, any significant loss or anything that you feel like is a significant loss to you right. should really go through a grieving process. And here we go again, going back to being a single mommy. So often we feel like we don't have time for stuff. Right. But you have to make time because you have to move through those emotions. You got to push through everything that, you know, all those feelings from the anger, you know, the the shock, you know, all those stages of grief, you got to go through them and feel those emotions. Um, one, I have a, a life coach, and mm -hmm. one of the things that we started on very early on in her working with me is processing your emotions, your feelings, because they're going to come up, like. You're going to feel frustrated. You're going to feel upset. You're going to feel whatever. But it's processing them so that they don't hinder you. Mm -hmm. Grief, disappointment, rejection, whatever, all of that stuff. When those things aren't processed, they start to, again, show up. But it's it's the managing part. It's the managing those feelings. I, because <laughs> there's women out here. We talking. We this is us. I, when it's time for Aunt Flo them to make their way in town, um, I have these crying fits. Like I will start sobbing, boo-hoo crying, right? And then the next day my second come on, I'm like, see, I knew I wasn't a punk. I knew it was just like, I knew it was just me PMS. And then I'd be like, Dang it, I didn't want to cry. I'm sitting here watching the episode of 911 and the little kid got lost and I'm boo-boo crying my eyes out. Why is crying bad? Huh? Why is crying bad? I don't... I feel like it's a loss of control of emotions when I give in to that. Why? And I'm... <laughs> because... It's a, I'll say a house. I, I feel like weak in the moment. I, I, I'm going to have to just say it like that because I don't have, because it's like, I don't want to give into no 
feelings of hopelessness or despair and all that stuff. And it's like when I'm crying or whatever, that's that's what it is. And I'm like, no, I don't want to give into that. And when my last one came on and I, I felt it coming, like I felt myself like just about, I was like, you better stop it. You, you better not let a tear drop because I'm like, no, we ain't got time for that. We know what it is. We know it's just hormones. So no, don't give into that. Cause any other, I'm not crying like that any other time. So I'm like, no, it's just hormones. So no, Maybe I'm not giving it. To cleanse. Release. Relax, relate, release. <laughs> I can't believe I did that. But yeah, no. It, I no, I can't have those moments. So my coach gets on to me about that too. She was like, why you can't feel your feelings? I'm like, no, because I don't want to be run by my feelings. I don't want to be run by emotions. Like, cause I felt like I've spent you don't I, want to lose control. I don't want to lose control. It's uncomfortable for you. Very much so. Like even if I get upset, I'm mad at myself for even allowing myself to get upset about something. Cause I'm like, dang it, Kelsey, you lost control. If I'm sad, if I have moments where I'm feeling like, woe is me or whatever, I have to bounce back quick because I'm like, no, no. And I made a post the other day and I was like, um, I have, I'm in a place now where I have to live past my feelings, my emotions, because I felt like I spent so much time in my feelings. I'm mad. I'm a fight. I'm hurt. I'm a cry. You hurt me. I'm gonna hurt you back. Like I spent so much time in that space that it's like, okay, I don't want to be run and led by my emotions anymore. So, but you just have to find healthy outlets to express them, Ex you know, healthy, healthy responses and expressing them. But you have to express negative emotions. I, I don't. I'm gonna cry if I have to cry. I'm gonna be, <laughs> if I have to be angry for the. Mo you know, I get get out my vent and I'm good. And and part of that is uh, probably because I am a therapist and and I recognize the devastation that negative emotions cause on your physical body. And so we not suppressing nothing because I don't want cardiovascular issues. I don't want gastro, you know, intestinal issues. You know, I don't want cardiac issues, skeletal issues. Like it, it really does recap anxiety, depression, none of that. I don't know. I'm not. I'm releasing all of that because that's part of my self-care. That is see, that was literally just thinking. <laughs> Feel your feelings. That could be number five or six. Yes. Feel your that's feelings. Express your feelings. Let it go. Don't suppress your feelings. You owe that to yourself. And I, I mean, I, I, that's real. Like I, you, you will be surprised if you how much your mental health affects your physical health. But yes, I can believe that. I can believe that because when I'm anxious about something i can't focus i can't sleep i can't rest because of anxiety about whatever it is mm -hmm. i can't sleep i can't focus i can't sleep i lose my appetite I look, so yeah i can yeah, truly I yeah no anxiety is a um <laughs> yeah it's it's a beast because it it has so many different triggers. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that plays a part in the mental of not being able to shut down. Like you say, it's survival mode too, but then I'm like, okay, it's, it's anxiety too, because it's like, but I got to, I got to, I got to. You get stuck in performance mode, you get stuck in people pleasing mode and all of that stuff. And I, it stems from, for me, I, I can't say for, but for me, it stems from anxiety. Mental health goes hand in hand with self-care. <laughs> Absolutely. So you, can't what, have without, you can't have um, uh, mental health without self-care. I mean, you're not going to be healthy. You have to have self-care. So help me or help us, single moms, break down the stigma around getting going to therapy and actually making that a part of your self-care. Like why even still in 2021, even though it's more talked about and like the entertainment industry has picked up on, you know, therapy and the stuff like that. There are still a lot of people that shy away from going to lay on somebody's couch. So help dispel some of those myths and, and the stigmas around seeking help for your mental health. Well, I, I mean, I think very systemically. So just like what I was just saying, as you you heard me list all of the different parts of your physical body that is affected by your mental health. So if you think about it, are you if you had um, arthritis, are you not going to go to the doctor? You know, if 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 you, you know, were diagnosed with the tumor, you're not going to treat that tumor. I mean, you, you're going to go get the physical help that you need. And your mental health is just another aspect of your physical body. Like you have to maintain your health. I know that um, so especially like like I was talking about anxiety, but also if you if a lot of us, let's just be real. We're living in um, America. <laughs> a, most, a, a large majority of us are walking around traumatized. OK, right. And trauma wreaks havoc on your brain. So, I mean, it literally can change the whole development of your brain. Right. The, the, the way that your brain releases chemicals, you know. So you have to make sure that that is in check because it's, it's devastating to your body. And, it's general, and, it, and then your, the cycle continues because then you are birthing children with those trauma bonds and those, you know, oh, we could get into epigenetics too. I can tell you just if, if to be very transparent, um, Kiosha knows this as a, you know, a domestic violence survivor. Um, I had to watch like my, my, the baby girl, for example, she has severe anxiety. Uh-huh. She wasn't even really around it, but because of mommy, <laughs> even in utero and all of the, all of what I went through, she, I passed that on to her. So she has severe anxiety issues because mm-hmm. of it. Like you have to be very mindful of just how powerful, mm-hmm. you know, your mental health affects you and, and, and your, and your children. And even, even outside of utero, like, even if that, if like, let's say, um, you know, I was, I had a healthy pregnancy per se, but just the environment, the energy right. that is around your children. Right. Like it is so, it, it, you cannot discount your mental health. You can't. But Nikia, you know, it was a very aspect of your life. We grew up in church. 
And church mm -hmm. said, pray about it. Give that thing to the Lord. Cast those things down. And I'm not saying that to be facetious. I know, but the, I don't think the pastor ever told nobody not to go get chemotherapy. They <laughs> right. They tell you, go to the doctor. Now we're going to come against the doctor's report and, you know, call so you them. Pray about it. But, but you're going to pray about it and get you a doctor. So you're going to pray about it and get you a therapist. What's your shirt say? God and therapy. God plus therapy. God plus therapy. Yeah. Okay, they go hand in hand. Hand in hand. God wouldn't put therapists on this earth and give them the skill set that they have if he did not want us um, to take advantage of that. Because yeah. there are spiritual things, okay, yeah, that we have to take to God and get healing for and all of that stuff. Um, but I think the mental stuff is in tandem with the spiritual stuff that has to be unpacked, be healed and be set free from, like, I don't think you can do one without the other. Well, and also part of it is that so many of us view mental health as this abstract thing versus more of a biological thing. Which is why, you know, going back to to connecting the physical with the mental, we see it so much as as just more of yeah that more spiritual thing, something abstract outside of, you know, somehow. But it, just like I mean, if you believe in the Holy Spirit that's and is dwelling within you, why wouldn't you want to also address like why would you not want you know mental to be um, in check as well? Why wouldn't you want to be health your brain to be healthy? Your you know. Um, it just doesn't make any sense why, why that is the case, why we preach, why some preach that, you know, that they're not interconnected. It's the, um, whole, the thing is God places different person. people in our, in our lives too. Like, you know, so, um, well, for me, I know that, I know that uh, counseling is my ministry. So mm -hmm. I mean, when you're sitting with, with that therapist or, I mean, that's a ministry too. You know, go get that word. It's funny because when I, you, you got my notes. When I thought about self-care in my list, take a bath, read a book. Yeah, I know, I was laughing. Talk. <laughs> <laughs> I know you probably read that like, hell shit. No, no, no. I ain't going to talk about none of this. No, no, nope. no. Nope. <laughs> no. I mean, you can do those things. They're They're nice. They're 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 definitely nice. I do them all. All right, you know? for some me time. Yeah, some me time. Um, but so we're looking at the things that shape self care holistically: setting boundaries, escaping or being free from living in survival mode, maintaining your identity. Um. I forget the one that last one that you at. I forgot what we said. Oh Lord. I'm gonna get them. I'm gonna go back, y'all. I'm. I promise you, I'm gonna go back and I'm going to get all five, or maybe I think it was up to six of them, and I'm gonna make sure that we have these things as a part of our intentional lifestyle of self care. Okay. So Nakia, thank you so much for joining me today and. Uh, 
giving us, sharing your level of expertise when it comes to all things mental health and living, mm -hmm. you know, a mentally healthy life. Nikia, where can the people find you? How can they book you? Um, I mean, you can follow me on um, Instagram, Facebook, uh, at The Dope Therapist. Um, my link to my website is in my bio. Uh, so that's how you would, of course, make an appointment if that's something that you would like to do. Uh, very simple. Um, but that's how you would reach me. I'm out here. All right. Well, Nikia, I thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you and for having me. I had fun, actually. Yeah, this was fun. This was a good conversation. I yeah. feel like there's more that's going to come from just even these little nuggets that we, because yeah. we tapped on some things, but I'm like, we can go a little bit deeper on it. Yeah, we could, but that's why I could pull back. Let me, let me just, that's why I said, I could go for a while on the abandoned wounds. Don't get me started on anything trauma related. <laughs> Let's talk about it. I can be a case study if you need me to. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nikia. You're welcome. Have a good night. Bye, everyone. So thank y'all for joining tonight's broadcast, y'all. This was a very much needed fun, but revelatory topic that we talked about tonight. And I hope that moms everywhere are able to take these steps and these points to realize what areas they need to be intentional about making self-care a lifestyle. Thank y'all. Thank y'all so much for joining in. Do not forget to hit that subscribe button if you are viewing on YouTube. Share this with your family, friends, and other single moms that you know wherever they are and let them join in on the conversation as well. Until next time, I'm Kiosha, Simply Kiosha, and thank you for joining Living in Purpose. See you next time.